right now without further ado exits or enter not exit you haven't done anything yet uh, enter stage left doctor history good, good morning. morning zab how are you doing today i'm good how are you i'm great a week ago i was pushing snow out of my driveway yeah it was yeah. about a foot deep you were in the bahamas <laughs> and today look at that sunshine the grass is green could you believe quickly how fast the snow melted yeah well you know it warmed up so fast Ooh. i mean two days later it was all gone but yep. anyway we needed it for the farms and the reservoirs so it's been good what are we going to talk about this morning well you know part of the old west or a major part of the old west was the indian tribes yeah and we've talked about a lot of the indian tribes down here on the lower 48 if you want to call it that Mm -hmm. but we haven't talked much about the indian tribes in alaska and you uh, mean the eskimos no not really eskimos they're they're actually referred to as a tribe really yeah so we're going to talk about a tribe called the Clinkets. The Clinkets. And it's spelled T-L-I-N-G-I-T-S, but the T is pronounced with a K. Well, the Clampets went to California after it's, they discovered oil, oil. but this, but this is, is the, the Clinkets. Clinkets. So here we go. March 1890, a little okay. over 100 years ago. Yeah. Now, these were called the... You were... A little were, younger then. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chilcot... Clinkets had a great potlatch. Now, you're you're going to have trouble with this story. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> and you're going to say, what is a potlatch? And we're going to get into that. Okay. So March 1890, the Chilcot Clinkets had a great potlatch in honor of two young female members of the tribe. <laughs> Stay with me, Zeb. <laughs> I can't help it. I know. Watching your face really be articulate, it's I funny. Know. It, uh, it, okay, here we go. Okay. So now... Th- so they're going to have a potlatch in honor of these two uh, young girls. Now I'm supposed to say, what is a potlatch? And we're going to go right into that. Okay. Okay, so not only was this a celebration, it was an act of defiance. Oh. You see, the U.S. government had outlawed potlatches in 1884 because missionaries claimed they were wasteful and pagan. So the Clinkets ran the risk of having their ceremonial items seized by government officials, yet they resisted giving up this long-held tradition. So this is a... I'm going to talk about this thing called a potlatch. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Now, a potlatch was one of the most important ceremonial events in the Clinket culture, and one that helped knit together the villages, the clans, and the houses... Potlatches were held for a variety of important occasions, including funerals, the building of a clan house, or the raising of a totem pole. Okay, right. That was a potlatch gathering. Right. So it was a time for the host to give away much of their wealth with the knowledge that the guest would repay the debt in the future. In fact, the word potlatch actually means give away. Okay. Really? So, so like the potlatch forest, we're going to give it all away. Yeah, I guess. Tip but your microphone up, up just, just a, a touch. touch. Yeah, okay, there you go. Okay. okay. So here we are. It's like I say, spring of 1890. The potlatch to honor the coming of age of two teenage girls was also a way for the Clinkets to reinforce their family structure, which was constantly being undermined by missionaries and surprisingly canneries. And I suppose because By of the what? the canneries, the salmon, the fish canneries. Really? Yeah, they were uh, trying to undermine, I guess, the culture of these of this tribe or the various tribes. So the potlatch was to be held at an at an old Chilcot Clinket village called. Uh, here we go. Yenda Stuka. Yeah, I went to school with his sister. <laughs> yeah. it, this was the village. Okay? Oh, okay. But it had a large traditional multifamily clan houses, plus smaller single family homes in the style of white people. 
And because the Ravens, this is the name of the group, were the host, the event would take place at the Raven House. Now, I'm a little confused, seriously. I'm not making light of this. I honestly thought Potlatch was the name of an Indian tribe. No, that is a ceremony. It's a ceremony. So now, so stay with me here. We've got the Ravens that are going to be a host. And the Eagles were their guests. Yeah, Baltimore and Philadelphia. (laughs) So we've got these two groups, tribes, clans, whatever you want to call them. uh, They're getting together. Okay? I'm I'm with you. Okay. So the two groups were related by marriage, and as tradition dictated, the Ravens could only marry Eagles. So they had to keep this. uh, It's kind of a complicated but simple thing, I guess. Who made the rules for this? Years and years ago, somebody. Okay, okay. now I'm going to introduce a guy. Here we go. Chief George Shotridge. I certainly hope you don't have to run all these words together (laughs) because we'll never see another certificate that the FCC lets us back on the air. Okay, so Chief Chief Shotridge, (laughs) he was a raven, and he was married to an eagle woman. Got it. Okay. Okay. Now, this meant that their four children were also eagles. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, in order to celebrate the coming of age of a shot-ridged daughter and a niece, the Eagle guests were invited from their Clinkett villages Clinkett. As, as yeah. far as 200 miles away. Now, the Ravens wanted to prove they were a rich and generous people and wealth equaled power, but only if you gave it away. Okay. Now, hang in here with me. <laughs> I, I got to go get in some fact, more deodorant on. I'm working up a sweat. In fact, this might be a good place to take a break. <laughs> Please. I am totally lost right okay. now. Audience, bear with us. It, he is going to have a definitive ending on this. Uh, don't forget our dear friend Zach and the rest of the folks over at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. Oh, my goodness. Going to do some remodeling, are you? Got some tax money back. Well, good for you. Stop over and check out all the lumber packages at Minicasha Sales. And, of course, maybe the needs a little fixing. Yeah, I noticed back in February you were complaining about the dripping. Well, they've got all the shingles and everything for you at Minicasha Sales. Stop in and see Zach, and they can help you line up the contractors to do the job and the installation. They are really good people. Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Number to call, 878-2091. Now, Back to the Ravens and the Clinkets and the Potlatches and a great big party. Okay. Now, to recap, oh, we have the boy. Ravens and the Eagles. <laughs> oh, the Eagles, yeah. Two clans. They're going to have a, a potlatch in uh, honor of the two young girls that are coming of age. Yeah, they're going to, yeah. Okay. okay. Now, in preparation for the potlatch, the chief's men had cut wood for a local cannery. Now, the new cannery caretaker, a 24-year-old white man named Ben Moore, oh, wanted... Oh, finally a name I can understand. <laughs> yeah. He wanted 370 cords of wood yeah. uh, stacked the size of a big house, basically, Yeah. in reserve for the cannery's next summer operation. Now, for the wood, Chief Shotridge was paid $550 in cannery store tickets, and all of this credit was spent on gifts for the potlatch. Now, in the company store. So, Shot Rig selected numerous brown wool blankets, filled out his order with bolts of printed cotton fabric, tobacco, sugar, crackers, flour, clothing. So, he got all this stuff from the can- from the cannery store. I see. Okay. Okay. Now, traditionally, the essential potlatch gift had been a hand-woven blanket. However, times were changing. Trade and post goods were replacing the more labor-intensive handmade blankets. So, on the first morning of the potlatch... How men, long did they last? 
the, this potlatch? Yeah. We're going to get into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Several days. Okay. So on the morning, on the first morning of the potlatch, many of the guests crammed into the Raven House. In years past, this building would have been the home of 25 Ravens, but now it is used as their ceremonial hall. I see. Now, the space was packed with over 500 men, women, and children, all of them anticipating the gifts they would soon receive. So the house wouldn't hold everyone, and some of the people hang around outside wishing they could join in. So we've got over 500 guests. All yeah. right. Now, chief, of the click attacks, or what the, are they? The Ravens and the, the Eagles. Ravens and the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. Now, Chief Shotridge, a muscular six-foot man, stood on the stage, and the room got quiet. Pretty soon, two pretty teenage girls looked out from behind the stage screen. Shotridge's daughter. Are you ready for this? Clinkett Sayet. I'm leaving you alone. Okay. <laughs> You're on your own. This program has no affiliation with me okay. whatsoever. So Clinkett Sayet was a beautiful 15-year-old girl, long black hair. She and her cousin, having reached uh, puberty, puberty, had been hidden from the community for many months. Hidden. Hidden. So during this time, Clinkett Sayet's mother and her aunt had taught the girls to be traditional clinket wives. Yeah. They learned poise and good manners, plus housekeeping, yeah. craft skills. Uh-huh. And for clinket Sayet, a high-ranking eagle, a proper traditional marriage would be to a high-ranking raven. You're right. Now, now, what was the name of the other girl? <laughs> I don't know. And thank goodness they didn't put it in here, because <laughs> I probably couldn't pronounce it. Okay. Okay, so here we are. Chief Shotridge slashed, slashed the binding cord on a bale of blankets. And he cut the first blanket into six-inch strips. And you're going to say why. I did. So to prove that he was so rich, he carried no, cared nothing for material goods. And in a booming voice, Shot Riggs named the guests who were to each receive a strip of this blanket. The guests. Only get yes. a little piece of the blanket? Okay. We'll, we'll continue. You'll see what this turns into, I hope. I can't wait. <laughs> well, this same process was repeated again and again. And yet, at the end of the first day, there were still blankets to give out. Everyone knew that each guest would receive many blanket strips. Now, once home, the guests would sew the strips together into patchwork blankets that would become a treasured reminder of the great potluck. So they were torn apart, so they take it home and sew them back together. Now, this is up in Alaska. Yeah, it is. Now, that was the first day. Oh, okay. now, there's more. On the second day, Chief Shotrigs began distributing the fabric, the food, clothing. These were handed out in the same way with a few yards of fabric being given to many guests. Gift giving would go on for yet another day. By giving so generously, Chief Shotrigs impressed his eagle guests. So they all stood around and waited to yeah. be given a gift? Right, yeah. So his fellow ravens were proud of his generosity and would permit him to continue as their chief. So it was kind of a thing. He had to do this to remain chief of his tribe. Class. What happens if all of a sudden he calls out a certain name of a family and that family had to go to the bathroom or something? <laughs> well, I'm sure they had <laughs> made room for that somehow. Oh, okay. okay. Anyway, while giving uh, gift giving continued all day, the evening was for dancing. The female dancers had painted faces and wore earrings and nose rings, and from oh. their shoulders hung beautiful blankets. You can see that every yeah. night up in Boise. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they were trimmed with red borders, these beautiful blankets. Patterns of ravens and eagles were worked out in the hundreds of white pearl buttons and just resulting in elaborate and beautiful designs on these on these 
blankets. Really? But the men had painted faces also. They wore, wore beaded jackets, leggings, and moccasins. And again, you know, you, we think of the Indians down here in the States dressing like that, but these, this was up in Alaska. Yeah. So they were well-dressed. Everybody dressed very well. And on their heads, they wore raven or eagle heads and wings. So if you were an eagle, you had an eagle hat, I, I guess. Or, and if you were a raven, you had an eagle on the top don't of they make you do that today at the eagles club <laughs> no i don't know i've never no. been there okay. <laughs> now drums and rattles kept the rhythm of the dance the women stood in a line on the stage swaying back and forth and they would sing like ravens and eagles the men were lined up below how, the... how do you sing like a raven or an eagle i haven't been that close <laughs> I see. So, but the men were lined up below the platform where they jumped around and uh, just danced and it grew more and more frenzied frenzied yeah it's just exciting i guess you yeah, know oh, I I'm wild. <laughs> so, anyway, long ago, someone had carved a 12-foot-long flat stick, which had bl- long black human hair attached to the end. Okay? Why? The stick was held over favorite dancers. Okay. And when that guy, when it was held over his head, he danced even harder. And it was basically a contest where each clan tried to prove they were the better Oh, it's the original Ted Max Amateur Hour. So dancing went on for half the night until everyone was just they they passed out, exhausted. Well, then we picked that up in the twenties and thirties. Right, we did the dance contest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually, Chief Shotridge's family of six left for their private home. Shotridge invited a guest. I'm going to bring this name up again, Ben Moore. Oh yeah, who was over the cannery. I can hear that one. Okay. To he invited them to their two room home. Shotridge's wife prepared a nice dinner after. The food was placed on the table. The chief's two for five hundred people. Oh no! Just they went. They separated to their homes now oh. to different places oh. to stay. Okay. But the visitors would stay with some of the uh, people that lived there. So they would just uh, go to their different houses. Yeah. But anyway, so they're in Chief Shotridge's house with Ben Moore. And uh, after the food is placed on the table, the chief's two daughters were summoned, and Clinkett Sayet and her cousin came out. Being well-bred girls, they stayed silent and less spoken to and kept their eyes cast down. After the chief introduced them, everyone ate. Shotridge insisted that the guest eat his fill, and then they shared cigars, sat around, and had a good cigar. The women, too? I don't think so. (laughs) Now, after the distribution of the last gifts on the third day... More dancing ensued. When the potlatch was finally over, the Eagle guests piled their canoes high with blanket strips, clothing, and food for their journey home. And like I say, some as far as 200 miles away in some of these different islands. Now, they left knowing they would have to invite the ravens to an Eagle potlatch and that their potlatch would have to be at least as generous as the ravens had been. No, so there was a contest. Wait a minute. When you got all these different families and everything, you could be going to a potlatch every day of the week. Yes, and not just for the girls, but like I said, they had them for different ceremonies. Well, where are you out? Yeah. So anyway, so Ben Moore, uh, he continued to visit the Shotridge family that winter. Chief Shotridge was impressed with the young man's position, managing the cannery's property and goods, and as a role not unlike that of a chief, which Shotridge was pretty much the chief. Yeah. Now, furthermore, he possessed the valuable skills of reading, writing, arithmetic, and unbeknownst to Moore, he was being regarded as an acceptable suitor for Klingai Satyet. Okay, now hold on just a second. 
This guy, Benjamin Moore, right? Ben Moore. Ben Moore. They named a paint company after <laughs> yes. him. Uh, he was the one the chief had his eye on to marry the 15-year-old, whatever her name was. Plinket Sayed. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yes. And so this is kind of a marriage made by the chief. Sort of. Ah. But he didn't need much nudging because he was smitten by this girl's beauty, sweetness. She I was guess, only 15 years old. Yeah, I mean, she was a beauty. And, but, you know, back then, I mean, I, I've read a lot of stories of, you know, in the Old West, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, they got married. Holy So, God. anyway, they had started, he had started actually calling her Minnie, <laughs> which I don't blame. Minnie? Yeah. Instead of, in place of? Klingat Sayet. Yeah, I can so, see why. So, anyway, so six months after the potlatch, Ben married Minnie in a traditional clinket ceremony and shortly thereafter they confirmed their marriage in a presbyterian ceremony really? so ben must have been a, a presbyterian and you wanted think? to have a, a christian yeah. marriage yeah. So initially ben met his wife's <clears throat> his wife's uh, family's expectations of generosity but once he became wealthy and gained stature in the white community he kind of quit filling out his obligation to his in-laws. Oh, oh, this, so, this doesn't bode well. No, but Minnie's poise and stunning good looks pretty well served her well in the white community. Really? But they kind of fell away from the Clinkett uh, tradition. This isn't good. But anyway, Ben and Minnie actually had three children, all eagles, and they rarely visited the traditional land of the Chilkat, Clinkett, and they never hosted a potlatch. Really? Eventually, the village kind of fell into ruins. And oh. It's just one of those things that a tradition that, you know, I would love to have been a witness to, to see all the dancing and the, the clothing and, <clears throat> excuse me, all the, I mean, I think it would have been an amazing thing to witness. And it's one of those things which, like down here, you know, that has just fallen, in, it's so gone. So you, you don't know what happened to the family? You don't no. know what happened to the chief? No. You don't know what happened to the potlatches? I'm sure that Ben and Minnie had posterity. And I'm going to get, I mean, this was 1890, so we're just a little over 100 years. So I'm guessing they surely have uh, grandkids and great-grandkids. Up but, there. Well, who knows? You know, I don't know if Ben stayed up there and, and ran that cannery, uh, you know, how long he stayed up there. So uh, I wish we had the rest of the story of that family. That yeah, would be, I mean, Paul Harvey would be proud. That would be fascinating. But, you know, mostly we hear about the Klondike, you know, and the miners. and. Uh, so you don't know what happened to the potlatches? The, the potlatch ceremony, uh, I'm assuming from what I'm reading, is... Pretty much gone. Yeah, but now it's how no did more. the name, I guess, was there another derivative of the name so that it was named Potlatch Forest or Potlatch Lumber or something you like know, that? I, I have no idea because that's the only time I've ever heard of that used as a name for a ceremony. Really? In, in Alaska, yeah. I had never heard of that. But the, you know, an interesting thing, the uh, the different clans up there, the tribes, yeah. yeah. They have uh, done very well for themselves in uh, uh, the tourism business. Hmm. There's a lot of them that have islands that they uh, they have uh, ceremonies or, that they'll do just for the tourists. Uh, there's one that we visited that had a mile long uh, zip line. Zip line. Zip line. A mile long. One mile. We. And you could go and ride on that, which me and my wife did. Really? We got on the, at the top. Of the, we were taken up to the top of this kind of a mountain, 
and there were six cables going straight down, not straight down, going down to the bottom. And uh, we got it. They strapped us in, and it was it was fun. <laughs> oh my! Now, um, if I call you on the phone some night and I say, "Hey, Doc, we're going to have a potlatch," you'll know you're going to bring the blankets, right? Oh no, you're. I'm coming to your potlatch. You're oh, gonna, I have to provide you, all the goods. You're supplying. You're going to see one cheap <laughs> potlatch. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Or less. Or less, yes. <laughs> that was an interesting story, uh, something I'd never heard of before. Where did you dig that one up? You know, I've got this book about Alaska, and it talks about uh, all these different things that happened in Alaska with uh, uh, the Indians, yeah. the, the, the Klondike, Soapy Smith. I remember him. You remember Soapy? Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He, they didn't like him. He he met a bad ending. Well, I that. want to compliment you on a great story, and you made it through all the names without us getting fined. <laughs> well, I, if, the, if the Clinkets were here, they'd probably say, no, that's not the way you say that. <laughs> well, we got potlatch right anyway. We did. That's the only one.